Yes, people, it's that time of week. Hope you're ready for a new episode of Echoes from the Void. Right, we took uh, a couple of weeks off because of the London Film Festival. Right, everything was so hectic. It was hard to get, you know what I mean, an extra pod out there on top of the normal echo chamber. So, but if you haven't checked out those London Film Festival episodes, people, go check them out. So many good fucking films, yo. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we are back to what we do. So, we are looking at some news articles, right? Just giving my hot takes and all of that, you know. And we take a look at two this week, two TV shows, right? We, um... Just give an overview of the remaining episodes of Still Up, right? That we um, took a look at in episode 86. I think we checked out episode one there. Um, I'll put a link to that on the website. And we look at a new series from Apple called um, Lessons in Chemistry. So, without further ado, let's get this popping. Okay, so there are some real fucking stupid people in this world, man. Some real stupid people. One being Madhu Adams, right? This dumb dumb tried to smuggle nearly three kilograms of cocaine from Peru to London. Right, via France, right? Tried to smuggle this amount of drugs, man, but got caught in the airport. Caught in the airport. Now, you're thinking, what? what is that, right? What is 2.89 kilograms worth? Well, it's 300,000 pounds. I'm not sure what that is in dollars, people, but it's, it's a lot of fucking money. That's what that is. So try to smuggle it. But here's the thing, right? Is drug smuggling is as old as time, right? People been doing this shit for the longest. So you would think that maybe Adams had come up with some ingenious plan. No. It was in a secret compartment in the back of his suitcase. A secret compartment in the back of his fucking suitcase, right? That's old hat for airport security. That's probably one of the first places they always check, right? You you can see just from f- with, uh, gosh, what's it called? X-ray, right? See, like, when the capacity of something is larger than what it's looking like, (laughs) right? So, it's, ah, it's glaring. It's glaring that that kind of shit isn't really going to fool anyone, right? And supposedly, this isn't even the first time he has done this. So, he's done it several times. So, you know, the fact that he got caught this time and served, you know, he's going to serve nearly seven years, 
I think it's six years, eight months. He, he needs to think himself lucky, right? For the times he didn't get caught. You know what I mean? Does he think how, how much was he smuggling on those occasions? You know? He's, because he's trying to live this jet set life, right? Going all over the place. But his job is a TikToker, right? Because he's down as a model, right? In one article I read, it said model and TikToker. He's not really a model, though, is he? He's just on TikTok, right? <laughs> it's like these dumb social media influencers. It's just like, are you really? Are you really an influence? Do you what do you influence? You know what I mean? <laughs> a bunch of sheep to do stupid things, but it's a trickle when you think of things, right? So that's his, his job. So yeah, it's not surprising because how are you paying for all this lifestyle? Right? Of a few sponsorships on social media. Is that really gonna finance everything? You know, you have to be one of the top tops to have so much money, to be able to live so crazily, right? Now, it's not to say you can't live a nice life, right? But you you have to be sensible about this shit, right? Just blowing money, you know? So, yeah, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. And also, you think about it. If you, if that, if you put that down, as your job, I think that's probably going to get you greater scrutiny at an airport because they would be thinking, okay, not a traditional job, right? They 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 feel they're an influencer, but how much money could they really be making? Could they be a drug mule? That's the thing that would be going through any security's mind, man. So, yeah, homie got caught. Got caught. And, you know, you have to think, right, because he was going from Peru to France. So if he wasn't caught in, in Peru, chances are he's probably going to get caught in France. Right? There's so many variables with all of this where it's just like, yeah, who wants to take that risk? And we've seen it. Right, we know what happened. Have you not seen, bro? Like, was it Broke Palace? No, Bangkok Palace. Bangkok Palace. I think that's what it was called. Right, the Claire Danes film. Man, these jails are not not like no jail is good. Right, it's not like I'd like to go to jail in New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, oh, Miami. That's where I'd like to. No, no jail is good. Right, but. There's jails in certain parts of the world where you just be like, I would never want to go there. I would not want to go there. You know what I mean? Like, I've got to make sure that everything is legit. Because I don't want some accident, some miscommunication to land me in one of these fucking places. There's like you're sleeping on the floor. It's cockroach and rat infected. Like it's just you're probably getting shanked. Like the food is trapped. Like it's not good, man. You don't want to go there. So, you know, doing something that could put you in that situation is 
bonkers. It's bonkers, right? And that's what fucking <laughs> Adams did. That's what he did, you know? But I guess if you think you're a TikTok star, a TikTok influencer, it shows a level of delusion, right? It shows that your common sense isn't quite there. So it's probably not surprising that this idiot got caught drug smuggling. So people, cautionary tale, don't be a fucking moron, right? Don't be a moron. Do not smuggle drugs. Okay, people, so, man, the world is going crazy, right? It's going, we have conflicts and wars all over the place. So, we don't need to create situations, you know what I mean? And it sounds like the University of Pennsylvania is definitely in the midst of some shit right now. Now, not really what they created. So it all stems from a Palestinian literature festival that was held in September at the university. And this has got a number of people pissed off. And now remember, this was before the attack on the 7th of October, right? Now, we have got, right, a number of people, including Dick Wolf, who is the, you know, creator of Law and Order and a whole heap of other TV shows. You know, he's wanting the president of the university uh, to step down. Right. He wrote a letter. Part of it says, President McGill, I implore you, chair of the board of trustees, Scott Bock, to step down from your University of Pennsylvania positions before any more unnecessary damage to the university. Right. There is no hope for unification in our community until you step aside. <laughs> the only path forward um, is this, and I will end my donations to the university until you both have resigned. Right, so this, I think, highlights so many issues. So many issues, right? Now, I know universities like to take donations and all of this, but when you take donations from people in any sphere, it means they have a leverage, right? They have a leverage over you. And I don't think it is good to have these types of people with leverage on a university. Because they will basically, and as we're seeing, if you don't do what I like, I'm pulling my funding. What kind of bullshit is that? You know what I mean? Now, the, the, 
so the thing is, right, so this literature festival that was held, they said that some of the speakers who would be part of it had a history of making anti-Semitic remarks. Now, that can mean so many different things, right? So many different things in that statement. Now, it could mean that at the beginning of their career, 20 years ago, let's just say, they said some stuff, but they've changed, right? We've seen people have opinions and change, like Malcolm, right? Malcolm definitely changed his viewpoints on a whole heap of things, right? At the beginning, he hated white people. He changed, right? He changed. And we've seen that from so many different people, right? Muhammad Ali, just, man, you could name so many, right? It could mean that, right? But also, here's the thing. If they've said certain things, right? Now, to be part of a debate, right? If you brought people in for debates and things like that, it could be a, a perfect platform to challenge their opinions and open their eyes, right? All, all you do is, in this festival, it's just like, look, you can't say these things. Right. You can say I'm not a fan. Right. We don't have to be fans of the same things. You can say I'm not a fan, but you can't use certain terms and words. Right. I think that's a thing that you can say. Then you can have this open debate. There's a lot of times with conflict. That's what is needed. Right. There's a there, and I think there's a documentary about it on Netflix. Right. There's this cat who spoke to members of the Ku Klux Klan. Right. Would go to them and have a conversation. And the these people in the Klan would be like, this is the first time I've spoken to a black person. Oh, I was told you're all ignorant and rubbish. Fuck. I've I've got this all wrong. And they give him their robes. Right? They give him like he's a like grand dragons, all levels of clan dum-dums. Like go, oh shit, you've opened my eyes. Here's my robes. I'm leaving the clan. That's through conversation. You know? So we need to have conversation to change someone's mind if you feel that their views are wrong, right? So this is the problem I have with going shut this festival down because you're shutting down a platform that could leverage change, you know, through people that don't like each other. And listen, it's not all one-sided. Right. There's Palestinians that don't like, uh, you know, Jewish people. And then it's vice versa. There's Jewish people that don't like Palestinians. You know what I mean? They both said terrible things about each other. Right. So. 
it seems very odd that all of these people are demanding the resignation, threatening, right, taking back money. We will no longer donate. I would say, right, take Dick Wolf's fucking name off the building at the university. Take his name off the thing. Tell him to go fuck himself. You know what I mean? Tell him to go fuck. Like, if people don't want this shit, they can go fuck themselves. Right? That should be the message here. But supposedly, this is the other thing, large members of the Jewish community applauded the fact that there was this festival. Right? And were like, listen, this is incredible. This is great. And also, right, they spoke to the, um, you know, the dean, Magill, and were like, listen, do not equate the festival with anti-Semitism. Mm. Did I just say that right? I thought I said it right early. I'm not sure if I just said it right then. But yeah, because they're like, it's two different things. There's, there's so many different things here. But you don't want to attach this. By saying it with the festival, you're saying that all Palestinian literature is anti-Semitic. And it's not, right? Literature is a beautiful thing. So let's not make it this political thing, right? Yes, certain writers have certain views, but that's not the, that's not the words, right? That's not the literature. That's the people. Right, so you've got all of these rich, rich people demanding, you know, it being, but there was an appetite for the event. There was an appetite for the event, right? Which mm, means it was a good thing to hold it. It's a good thing to hold it. Like, Obviously, you don't hold something where it's just people going, yeah, I, I say we kill them all. Yeah, hate those people. Fuck them. Fuck their religion. You know what I mean? Obviously, you don't do that. But if it's just people talking about books, right? And as I said, if you can have these open discussions, boom. That means it's vital, right? That means it's vital. So I would say, you know, well, I think I've said it, right? Take the names of all of these dum-dums. Because here's the thing, right? Dick Wolf is a bit of a dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's in the name, yo. Is he's like his dad was Jewish, his mum was um Catholic, and he's oh always supported different faiths and free speech. You can't say you support free speech, but cancel an event. Because it's not even like he's saying, oh, that's, I'm, I've got an issue with that speaker. No, he's like canceled the whole event. So you're saying every one of these Palestinian writers is hateful. Is that what you're saying? Like Palestinian literature is hateful. That's insane. So your declaration that you're down with free speech is not true. It's not true. And I would argue, how would 
he like it if people wrote to the network where Law and Order is playing. I forget where it is, right? Is it NBC? I'm not sure. But if they wrote to the network and was like, we don't believe in what Dick Wolf stands for. If you do not take his shows off your network, we're taking all our sponsorship. Right? He wouldn't be happy about that. You know, or, oh, we found out that someone on your writing staff, someone on the production, one of the actors has these views and we're not a fan. So take the show off. You know, that could happen. You know what I mean? Maybe people have written those letters in the past, but Lauren Alder is still playing. So if you do not want that censorship thrown at you, do not try and throw it at others. You know what I mean? It's crazy. This is fucking crazy. So, people, Australia had their vote, right? They had their vote for um, Indigenous rights and a voice in Parliament. And it resoundingly fell flat, right? This took place on the 14th, no, the 13th of October, I believe. Um, and, yeah, it's not good, right? We spoke about what this was looking like in episode 185, right? A few weeks back. And then it seemed like a mess, right? It seemed like it was a mess. And I, I, I think the way everything was looking, it wasn't going to go through and it didn't go through. Didn't go through. All six states voted no voted no, right? And the whole idea was to change the constitution, which hadn't been changed since 1977. So looking to change the constitution to give the First Nations people rights, right, to be recognized in the document, which they're not at present, which is kind of crazy right? Kind of crazy when you, uh, you only just look at the whole situation, right? Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders make up 3.8% of the nation, right? Which contains 26 million people. But they've inhabited Australia for 65,000 years. So, a long ass time before, you know what I mean? England shipped its miscreants across the ocean. But although they've been there from, you know, day dot, well, not day dot, but they've been there the longest, they're not recognized. Right, they're not recognizing the constitution. There has been just centuries of abuse, you know. And the the the, the crazy thing about it is it's so more recent, 
right now you can say there's i mean there's definitely been abuse to other you know minorities so you know like slavery you've had the um oh my god my mind has got completely just shut down <laughs> you you had like just all the genocides that have happened over time against pe the jewish people the the you know the uh the muslims in iraq and you know in kenya and just all these different things like um but i think with australia they were taking children away from aboriginal families in the 80s right in the fucking 80s which is insane it's insane so i think this was a moment for you know australia to kind of look at their past and go right we need to make some changes we need to address some things now i do feel the whole situation was handled appallingly right and set up in a ridiculous way because to piggyback both things in the same right to go right let's recognize these people in the constitution but then let's give them a voice for parliament right and i think you could have had two separate votes and I think possibly the recognition may have gone through. Because I think the big sticking thing for a lot of people is probably the whole, the voice in parliament, right? There's people be like, oh, they make up less than 4% of the nation. Why should they get a voice in parliament? But I think the big thing from what I have been able to ascertain, right? The whole voice, it's not on every single thing that passes through Parliament. It would only be on situations that impact them. Right? So that's not every single thing. But I think people probably assumed that it's every single thing. Right? Which, you know, obviously the, the no campaign was able to... Uh, you know, pick up on and run with and just, you know, use as a vehicle to be like, we don't need this, you know? So I, I think it was just parceled incorrectly. Also, right, now this is the crazy thing, right? It's being hailed as like a whole heap of disinformation and the fact that, you know, we've not seen the like since the 2016 or Brexit right, the 2016 US election or Brexit, right, and where I think this just was just very poorly handled by Albanese and his, and his peoples was you knew it was going to come, right, you knew that there would be a no campaign, you knew that there was going to be people pushing for it to the yes not to go through, that lies and craziness would be put out there, right? You know that what is going to happen. 
right? You, you have to do a SWOT analysis with most things. So the fact that they didn't see that as a threat is insane. Because how do you handle disinformation? Lies. You pull out the truth, right? You have long form discussions to address all the negative points that you think would be raised and concerns, right? You look at all of those things and you address them point by point and let people know what the vision is. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. So it it's kind of baffling how they feel that this, you know, didn't go the way it was going to go, right? It, it's, it's very weird. It's very weird. And it just now creates a situation where, where the fuck do you go from here? Where do you, because I didn't, like, the no party were just like, it's divisive and it's a problem and Australia doesn't need this. But it's, I'm, I haven't seen anything where they're like, listen, we understand that the Aboriginals and the Torres Strait Islanders have been mistreated and we should do more. Right. And this is what we think should happen. Like, I've not seen that. Maybe someone has said that. I haven't seen it. So without them saying that, all it kind of looks like is that these people are not welcome, right? So if you are of Aboriginal descent, you know, Tories, Islander descent, if you're one of those communities, I mean, it must fucking suck being there, right? Because knowing that people don't want you, right? And listen, I know it's that shit's like walking down the street and having people to telling you to go back to your own country, right? You're not wanted, fuck off, all the names under the sun. It's not a good feeling, right? But having a national vote go the way that you are not wanted, right? The big stamp of go away, essentially. That's not a good look. It's not a good fucking look, right? The crazy thing, oh, I mean, there's so many, right? But one crazy thing was Abanese was just like, in, in the lead up to the vote, he was just like, Think of, you know, we should use this as a statement to the world, right? Just think what it might look like to the rest of the world if we said, and it's just like, no, no, what the fuck are you doing? It's not a, oh, this might make us look bad to the rest, oh, fuck the rest of the world, right? You shouldn't do these sort of things for optics, Right, because that tells me you're doing them for the completely wrong reason. It's not for the optics, people. It's doing the right thing. You know, it, it's every person in a country should have a voice. 
You know what I mean? That's that's a that's a big thing here. Everyone should have a voice. Everyone should have the ability to implement change, right? The ability to go and be heard. But the way this is, it's not the case, right? And that's just fucking appalling. That's appalling in any day and age, right? You can be like, ah, right, in today's society, that shouldn't be a thing. It should never have been a thing. It should never have been a thing. But that's where we are right now, right? And yet it's hard to think where you go, right? And this is basically, like, this is, you know, it, it shows all the all the issues with racism, right, and unconscious bias. Because did anyone really expect a predominantly white nation to go? You know what? Yeah, let let's give these people rights. You know, you know, it is it, it's. it's a scratch your head moment, you know, and it's, it's it's just man. I don't I don't I have no words, right? I have no words. These motherfucking communities put themselves out there, right? Put themselves out there and just got stomped on, got stomped on. Right, with no avenue for a okay, let's go here now. Right, let's do this. It's it is bad times, right? It's bad fucking times. And I think you know the problem with all of this is right, so the no party, Peter Dutton will use this as a way to seize power, right? And to be honest, Abanese, he he fucked up in such a way that you just feel you're mad incompetent, right? But him not being in power, what does that then look like, right? For someone that led the no vote, right? Who obviously, and led a vote, you know, it didn't even put up a contingency, right? So he doesn't really want the Aborigines and the Torres Strait Islanders to have a voice. So with him in power, what does that look like? What does that mean for those communities? And it doesn't look good. You know what I mean? doesn't look fucking good. So I feel... Everyone needs to look at this and think to themselves, right? This is what it looks like when everything goes wrong, right? This is what it looks like when you just disregard communities. Do you want your country to be like that? Do you want that to be a legacy of where you live? You know what I mean? Because people, I for hell do not, right? 
And if I lived in Australia, I'd be looking to leave. I'd be looking to fucking leave because that is a shit show. So a number of US states have filed a federal lawsuit against Meta, right? So Meta is the company that owns Facebook, Instagram, Freds. I feel there's someone else. Hmm. I feel there's something else they own. Uh, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, um, and some other things, right? So, yeah, they filed a lawsuit claiming that the company has misled, misled the public about the risks of social media and mental health with young people. Right. So that's the uh, that's the big thing, you know, saying it's caused substantial damage. You know, um, they've been collecting data against for children and it's a big problem you know a uh, new york attorney general said social media companies including meta contributed to a national youth mental health crisis and they must be held accountable right which man i do find a problem I think it's a problem, you know? Now, social media is definitely not good, right? It's it's not good, but it could be better. It's not like social media is necessarily the issue. It's people that are the issue. Because when you think about when, you know, Facebook and all of these things were first launched, we didn't get the same issues that we get now, right? But it's looking for profits. It's, you know, all the, the, the things that have happened. So, you know, <sighs> filters, right? Throwing on filters, just all of these different things are contributing to a, a weird kind of environment. But it's not the only thing. Like, to say it's the only thing, that's just insane. That's insane, right? We've had the the whole COVID bullshit problem, huge problem. Everyone locked in their houses, right? If you're saying that that's not going to affect mental health, I think you're bonkers. When you consider in part of interrogation, they lock people in solitary confinement, right? If you're bad in prison, you get locked in solitary confinement. And for a lot of people, that's what it was. You know, they didn't have families. They weren't living with friends. They were on their J's. You know what I mean? So that's an issue. We know it's an issue. The other thing is, right? Just the financial crisis, right? People, you know, having all of these issues, having to resort to food banks, you know, just 
like the threat of being homeless, just all of these things play on people's minds. Then you've just got the general shit, like school, university, college, right? Trying to find work. Just there's so many different things that are pulling at us, which can cause mental health issues. So it's not just social media. Right now, social media, and I've said it so many times, right? There's certain things that could be done to improve it. Like, take away this bullshit where you can, you know, I mean, have a profile and say, oh, my name's Big Wig 94. Right? What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? You, you should have to use your name. You should have to use your name you know, also, right, how many times are you getting spammed, because I know every time I throw up something for the podcast, it's like promote it on blah, 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 from ZZZ21333333, right, and you have all of these accounts, like, hitting you with all this, this bullshit spam, and you look, They've got nothing on their profile, right? All of these things use the same fucking profile image. So you could do that, right? And they can, there must be algorithms that show profiles that use the same image. So put a hold on those profiles. Firstly, right? You can't comment if you have no posts, right, there's, that's a big one, people, no posts, or maybe they've got two or three bullshit posts, but they are allowed to comment, oh, be an ambassador for this bullshit glasses company, you know, that, that's what, you get posted, you hit up all the time by things like that, ban that, right, ban that, you know, so, yeah, if, if we had to post by our real name, so many things would change. So many things. Like, it stops bullshit comments, right? I was having a conversation um, today, actually. It will probably be going, it will be going out after this. But I was talking to um, this director, Paul Singh, and it's like, Oh, fuck. Mine just went blank. Mine just went fucking blank. Ah, right? No. People say things when they're behind a keyboard that they would never say in real life. Right? And that's what anonymity and being anonymous does. Right? It emboldens cowards to talk reckless. Because you never have someone come up to you in real life and be like, you suck, right? You should die. You know, people don't say that in real life. But when they're behind a gift, they'll, they'll talk all sorts of crazy. So if you make everyone post with their real name, changes everything. It changes everything. But here's the big thing. Here is the big thing, and the issue I have, right, when we have these states, 
and counties and all of these types trying to sue social media. Because basically, they are washing their hands of any responsibility, right? Because a way of quashing all of this shit, better education, right? Better education, people. I've said it so many times, right? We need social scaffolding classes, right? You think all the things you get taught at school, right? Home economics. Well, all right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say from when I was at this, I have no clue really what what the lessons are now. But we had home economics, which was kind of bullshit, right? You had there was two different arts, right? There was just you know PE. Now there's all of these, you know, RE religious education, which look. It can be interesting, but not to everyone, not to everyone. So why don't we cut back on certain things and just trim lessons by a little bit? So every day there's this social scaffolding class, right? Because it needs to be every day because that's the only thing that will have a behavioral change to it. It can't be once a week because that doesn't embed itself properly. And this this is the most important thing for people leaving school. It's communication, right? How do we communicate with each other? How do we do it? You know, like people complain about like the wolf whistling and the comments to women walking the street. Social scaffolding fixes that right? Because it's like, how would you feel if you were in this situation, right? If, um, you know, you were out for a drink and an NFL linebacker came up to you and was just like, and started squeezing your ass, how would you feel? You know, and a dude would be like, I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's cool, right? And be like, what if he tried to grab your dick. You'd be like, nah, nah, I'm not having that. Right. And I'm talking on like a heterosexual male, right? And I mean, even a gay male doesn't mean that you want someone doing that shit to you. You know what I mean? So it's just like, how would you feel if that was done to you? Or if you said, no, I'm all right, but they kept on trying to kiss you, kept on trying. They'd be like, no, that's not right. And then be so then you go, so why do you think that's acceptable to do to a woman? And someone would be like, fuck. Yeah, I hadn't looked at it like that. Yeah, that's not right. Or if your little sister, say you've got a little sister, Timmy, you've got a sister. What would you feel like if she came running home crying and you're like, what happened? And then you heard that people were shouting out to her, nice tits, darling. Oh, let me see up your skirt. You'd be like, I'd be infuriated. And be like, how many times have you said that out, Timmy? You'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Right? Just make people look at situations a different way. You know what I mean? And then... 
you go, hey, when you are online, right? How many times have you commented on someone's profile and said you should die or you suck or, you know, your film is bullshit or just anything? And be like, yeah, I've done that. And be like, why? Oh, I thought it was funny. And, you know, they're never going to find out it's me because my hash, my profile is, you know, ding dong 73. I mean, like, well, do you think that's acceptable behavior? Would you like if that's done to you? No, I would not like. And you just make people look at this, these situations, right? You, and this is the thing. You don't do this in secondary school. We start it at the motherfucking beginning, entrench it. But obviously, you do it in a, way, a different way, right? So when you've got little fucking six-year-olds all sitting around, you'd be like, everyone's friends, right? Yeah, yeah, we're all friends. And you're like, would you punch your friend in the face? Be like, no, no, that's wrong. Exactly. So would you say a mean thing to your friend? No, exactly. Right? And you just create a culture where people are better to each other. And they understand the repercussions of all this other bullshit, right? Teaching someone that just because it looks like someone is mad happy, has all the stuff, because they post it on their thing, does not mean that's their reality, right? A lot of time, how many times have you seen people have photos by cars, right? It's not even their fucking car, right? I've seen people ask, to sit behind the wheel of someone else's car so they can take a picture, right? You've got companies that rent out, like they've not, a, it's not even a plane. They've got like the, the kind of interior of a plane. So you go on to act like you're flossing, right? So it's teaching people that just because you're seeing something, right? The optics of something does not mean that's a reality and be happy with your situation, be happy with what you've got, right? If we teach that, trust me, people, we won't have the extent of a mental health problem that we do, right? And that's the problem with these lawsuits. lawsuits. There's the, these states are taking the responsibility they have and passing that buck, right, go, just going, these platforms are to blame, and don't get me wrong, the platforms can do plenty of things to improve, right, as I said, look, they can do all of these things, and it would improve those platforms and the situations, right, just take away the fucking filter bullshit, firstly, why, why is it even needed, it's dumb, or do it, where at the bottom of the screen, there's a tag or something that shows it's that's on, right? I, I saw this post the other day, I believe it's Little Duval, right? He, he had a, a, this video of a woman, right, sitting there in a bikini and pulling all of these, like, supposedly sexy faces, but she hadn't put the filter on, 
right? So, you know, she's got a lot of uh, zits and everything like that. Puts this filter on, it smooths everything out. Now, clearly, it, I feel you can clearly see, I always feel you can clearly see there's a filter on, but it was just insane that suddenly the filter's on and it's just like, yo, <laughs> you know what I mean? So take away these filters. They, they're bullshit. They're stupid, you know? But yes, the companies can do stuff, but so can the states, right? So can the countries. Better education, right? Better education. So do that. But instead of filing these lawsuits, wasting so much fucking time, all right, create a, a, a fucking, you know what I mean? A committee, right? All the different, you know, states, counties, wherever you are, whatever you call it, like whatever it is in your country, you get together and you go, hey, these are the things we want to see in a universal education system dealing to deal with mental health right? That's what should be happening. That's what should be happening. I've said it before and I'm saying it now, right? It, it, it has to start there. It has to start there. Okay, let's end with this one, right? So Tinder is launching this new matchmaker feature, right? Now, what it does is it allows someone who's on the app to send a profile to up to 15 friends, right? Up to 15 friends, you know, and they can't, you know, swipe right or left, but they can make recommendations, you know, they can make recommendations on this profile you know, which, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. Supposedly, they have access to that profile for 24 hours, you know. Now, this is what, so Tid is saying, dating is a team sport. <laughs> All right, no, it's not. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, there's always this things, like on this BBC article, it said, it's often said romantic partners need the approval of our friends and family. Mm, no, no, they don't. They really don't, right? Some people want to give, you know, that. But uh, now, you can say that it makes things easier, if your friends and family like someone, but they're not the ones spending their time and lives with this person. So really, no, you do not need approval from someone else on who you go out with. You can ask for judgments, right? You can be like, hey, I'm getting a weird vibe. Are you getting a weird... You know, things like that. But it's just like, do you think I should like that person? Shut the fuck up. What are we doing? What are we doing? So it's weird. And calling dating a team sport? No. 
I'm not trying to run trains on people. Like, what are you talking about? This isn't no poly bullshit. Come on now. Right? This is dating. You're trying to find that match. You're trying to find a person you want to spend your life. Well, maybe. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're just looking for distress. I don't know. But it's, you know, it's individual choice. Also, it's what people have been doing for fucking ages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, how many times have you sat down with friends and gone, hey, do you want to give me a hand? I'm, I'm trying to find someone to date. Like, let, let's look. You know, tell me what you think of these people. You know, oh, it says that, you know, she likes blah, blah, blah. Well, that's cool, right? Nah, nah, we don't like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's what, you know, that's what people do, people go to the, the coffee shop, the pub, the wine bar, wherever someone's crib, and they just flip through, right, or you give your phone to a friend, and they, you know, or your friend steals your phone, right, and does that, so it, it seems weird being like, oh, we got this feature, we got this new feature, I don't know if they're you have to pay for this because, you know, all these new features, Tinder and all the uh, these other apps are adding on. It does seem that you have to pay for them. You only get access when you're a certain subscription level. So I don't see who in their right mind would pay for this when you just get your friends in a room and do it anyway, you know? But also, it seems weird, right? Would you want your profile sent to 15 people? Do you, you, you know, like, that means they can screenshot, they can do whatever, right? To 15 people who aren't using the app, they're not looking for a significant other themselves, but they've suddenly got access to your photos, right, the details that are there, that seems very problematic, seems very problematic, right, you know, and Tinder's response to that, you want to know Tinder's response to that, right? It, it's what they always seem to say, you know, says that people can opt out, right? People can opt out of the process. Hmm. Right, so that is basically making it on the individual to have to go into their settings and go, okay, so I don't want people to do, oh uh, yeah, I don't want, what are we doing? Now, why isn't it, ne it's never you have to opt in, right? This stuff is never you have to opt in. It's always you have to opt out. So it's actually knowing that this is even there because there's no, start date on when this is coming, right? It, all it says is it's going to be trialed in 15 countries before being rolled out to the rest of the world in a few months' time. So that seems that it's probably happening soonish, but when? 
when you know so are you doing it that when it rolls out everyone gets a message pushed to their phone right or screen where whatever they're using you know to say today we've launched this if you don't want to be there go to your settings and log and tap this right and that will automatically pop up until you've gone to your settings and done either way is that because i doubt it i doubt they're doing that so yeah it seems a weird thing to do and a problematic thing at that you know what i mean like people people would you like this shit done to you if you're using tinder would you want your profile sent to 15 randoms hmm would you want to do that and would you pay for that feature huh hmm i know right it's bonkers bonkers i say now let's get on to some other shit Okay, so we looked at episode one. So now we will check out and give you our views on episode two to eight of Apple TV's Still Up, which will be ending this Friday on the 27th of October. So there won't be any spoilers, people. You know what I mean? Well, just giving our opinion. So here you go. Okay, people. So we have just now finished watching still up right episode eight will be dropping shortly so i wanted to give you the overall thoughts right now the series is um it's created by uh john addis um well no steve burge burge yeah steve burge and natalie walter john addis directs the episodes. It's written by Steve Burge, Natalie Walter, and Bryce Hart. Right, the series is then produced by Arabella McGowan, um, executive produced by Paul Scheslinger and Philip Clark. Right, it's associate produced by um, Burge and Walter and line produced by Stephen Abrahams. Joel Cadbury handles the music, right? Frank Madone, cinematography. It's edited by Richard Ketteridge and Andy Kinnear. Lauren Evans handled the casting. Production design is Simon Walker. Art direction is Philippa Mumford and Rebecca Salter. Set decoration is Mandy Sorin. Um, costume design, Leona Hatred and Serena Kennedy-Bell. All right, hair and makeup, Jute Florentino, Lisa Kennedy and Annabella McCain. McMahon, even. All right, so our stars. We have got lisa played by antonia thomas danny played by craig roberts lisa's boyfriend veggie played by blake harrison danny's neighbors catman is played by rich fulcher 
Adam, he's played by Luke Featherston. You've got Poppy, who is Lisa's daughter, played by Bronte Smith. There's Amy, right, a love interest of Danny's, played by Louise Chimbea. Uh, we've got Tyler, played by Albert Magishi. Um, Tony, the taxi driver, Steve Oren. Uh, there's Lena, played by Ivana Besic. Nikki, played by Kathy Murphy. Um, Angela, played by Joe Martin. Kate, played by Alice Bailey Johnson. Um, Anne, right, which is Lisa's mum, I believe. Right, played by Jacqueline Botswan. Um, a young version of Lisa is played by Jasmine Dooley. Aunt M, played by Linda Hargreaves. Uh, Donna, played by Claire Carpenter. Um, Jane, played by Letty Butler. Bob, Glenn Davis. Chloe, played by Daisy Head, right? Um, then there is Milo, played by Charlie DeMello. I think we've hit most of the the main people. There's a load of people. It's eight episodes, people. You know what I mean? But I think that's a, a lot of the main ones, right? And basically, an impulsive and free-spirited aspiring illustrator who questions over her daughter's future starts keeping her up at night and the socially anxious yet gifted journalist, Danny. Right, we are following their adventures. So, as we left it in episode one, this was very promising, right? It was a lot of fun. There was some good chemistry to be had between our cast, you know? And um, it was just looking where this would go. Because I think there were some obvious things that we were seeing, right? The do they, don't they, you know, that kind of thing. And the story does progress nicely, right? We get plenty of really funny, you know what I mean, nice moments, right? Like in episode two, the dress. The whole dress situation on the bus was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous and funny. It was very far-fetched, right? You just think, would someone really do that with their clothes? But it it was fine. It worked. It was fun, right? Danny sending the picture to Amy was, uh, it was funny. You kind of think, how would you mistakenly do that, right? One's via an app, a certain app. One's through the message, like, how? But it was funny, you know? So that was good, right? The The whole date situation was, um, you know what I mean? That, that was like, what, what is going on? What is going on? And the ending with the, the, the whole, well, the whole nose, right? The whole nose situation. And then the, uh, the finger was just like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But there is the question that is posed during that question, that episode. What would you rather live without, a chin or knees? 
You know what I mean? I was like, what would you I, a chin on knees? I think probably if you think about it, the chin is more noticeable. Right? Having no knees, you're wearing trousers, so people aren't probably gonna notice that as much, right? But no chin, people would be like, yo, what up with you know, where's the chin? You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think you have to live without knees, right? I mean, what do you think? Um, episode four was the sleep clinic situation, which had some, you know, amusing moments. But I think it really took a turn with episode five, veggie, veggie, bing bong, right? When Lisa and Veg go on a camping trip, but Veg has invited his parents. And if you think veg is weird, we get to see where he came from. Well, I mean, his dad's his stepdad, but I think he was around from a very young age. But his mum is crazy. They're all loons. And the whole game, veggie, veggie, like, makes no sense. But you are wasting a lot of ham. A lot of ham. <laughs> but at the end of that episode, we get a bit of a bombshell. You know what I mean? Veggie's mum drops some news, which is just like, you wonder how all this play into the, our remaining episodes. Right, episode six is the road trip. Right, so Lisa's on a stag do. Not a stag, a hen. Hen right, and uh, gets very drunk, right, she's trying to distract herself from potentially um, some information, so she goes on this thing, gets drunk, also gets pretty high, right, so we just see her escapade around London out of her face, which, uh, yeah, that wasn't bad, I think one of the weirdest moments of that episode was it looked like Danny makes porridge with cold milk. I'm just, that makes no sense to me. Like, what the fuck is that? How are you making porridge with cold milk? What nonsense. But I mean, the ventriloquist puppet. Oh dear, the whole laundrette thing, right? That was uh, uh yeah, that this was an adventure. But we then see because I think the big thing about the series is right, Danny doesn't leave his flat. Lisa, we see her out and about every now and again, but Danny doesn't leave. So this episode really did stir things up a little. And especially then at the end with the whole bus stop situation, you know, because you're like, oh, what could happen? And we definitely learned what would happen in the next episode, the horse, right? So it's meant to be eight days after episode six. And um, yes, a few things are going on on right i mean 
there's some good chemistry with Amy and Danny. Like, all the characters in this series are good, right? And played very well. It's got a great cast. A great cast. But Amy wrote the whole finger in the teacup thing was uh, very, very amusing. And it's like, just their interaction was very sweet, right? Like, there's some really nice, heartwarming, sweet moments in this series. So I think even though you can kind of see where it's going, there's some great little moments. And, you know, we learned something in episode seven. Sea otters have pockets under their armpits. And did you know that? Because I did not, right? And episode eight, the wedding. Man, so this episode, we find out what went down, right? We, We find out why Danny is in his flat and doesn't want to leave. Right, we find out what happened with his ex Chloe and how Lisa and Danny actually met. Right, so I mean, the whole Danny Chloe thing is just oh, it is, it's, it's just horrific, right? But it does really show you who Danny is, right? Someone that is caught up. I feel, in the moment, right? And wanting for a certain situation to be. So completely oblivious to the pretty clear signs that are going on. But yeah, that was just... It's not good. That was not good. That was not good at all, right? And yeah, we see... Lisa's dating profile get you know set up her meet like how her and veg connected well like all of that becomes clear so it's a you know all of that is interesting seeing that past and then the way the episode ends like it's kind of sweet but it does like, you wonder where it's going to go from there, right? Because you feel certain declarations have been made, right? The positions are clear, but you also kind of think it would be too predictable for it to actually go in a certain direction, right? So I think when first watching this, and because Antonio as well was in it, you you do draw the comparisons to Lubsick, aka Scrotal. Oh, Scrotal Therapy? Scrotal Recall. Oh, that's it. Yes, yeah, Scrotal Recall, the original name of Lubsick. Right? There's definitely those things that you can look at and you think, man, there is this similarity between the shows right? And in that one, there's a will they, won't they situation. Now, Scrotal Recall, if I recall, went three seasons, maybe it was four, but it did finish open-ended, 
right? Because there was meant to be another season and it just never happened. So this is kind of, you know, that distant continuation, kind of, in a way. Not really, but you see what I'm saying. But, yeah, I think that one, there was more to kind of string out the situation, right? Because the whole mission state was, um, I forget his name now, but he, was it Matt? Maybe Matt. But he was trying to find a one. So he was looking at a lot of past relationships. So you have that to be able to flesh things out. But with still up, how do you prolong this story? So unless there's a plan for a two-season run, right? And season two, we then conclude with however you want to conclude it. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where this potentially goes, right? It's very enjoyable. Right? It is very enjoyable. There's plenty of moments that make you chuckle. I don't know if they make you outright belly laugh, but they make you smile and they make you chuckle, right? You have a familiarity with the characters. You feel that you know these people. You've run across these people in your life, which I think is very endearing, you know, so and it's very well written. Right. As I said, the chemistry is very good. The interactions work. Right. The dialogue, even, you know, Catman. Right. And uh, Daphne Mornay dies. Right. And, I, and you interrupted our minute silence. Right. Just the goofy shit still feels like it fits. Right. So this is a it's, it's not offensive. It's real nice. It's a nice show. So I think you definitely want to see another season, right? You want to see another season. But what do they do, right? What do they do and where do they go? Because I don't think you can stretch this out too much. Right now, obviously, there's a Danny Amy situation, which you could then go with that, right? And it's kind of like two people, maybe they could be together, but every time one's with someone else, you're right. I mean, I mean we've seen that, but it can, that, that situation can work. You can do interesting things, fun things, but it's, yeah, where do we go? What do we do? How do we progress this? I'm not sure, people. I'm not sure. But I do want to see a season two. I definitely want to see a season two, but yeah, everything then lies on that, right? Whether we want to see more or whether it's just two and done, you know what I mean? Like The Office, right? English Office, two and done, Christmas special, perfect. And I think if Still Up can follow a similar model, right? It doesn't outstay its welcome. I think this will be a great show. So yeah, people... Enjoy episode eight. Okay, so next up, people, we are looking at the brand new Apple show, Lessons in Chemistry. Now, the first two episodes did drop on the 13th of October. Again, London Film Festival slowed me down a little bit on this, right? But 
Today we're looking at those two episodes. Now new episodes will be dropping every week onwards and the show is scheduled to finish on the 20 uh, I think it's like the 24th of November so it's running eight episodes so before the 24th we will give you our views on the rest episode three to eight but all right here we go people so if you haven't checked out this show you're wondering about it here is the echoes from the void view okay people so hitting apple tv um on the 13th of october i believe is lessons in chemistry mm -hmm. this is the new tv series that was created by lee eisenberg um yeah the series is okay so it is produced well executive produced by Jason Bateman, Michael Costigan, Suzanne Grant, Susan, Susanna, Susanna Grant, Brie Larson, um, Lee Eisenberg, Hannah Fiddle, Rosa Handelman, um, Natalie Sandy, Louise Shaw and Sarah Adina Smith. It's co-executive produced by Mufasurio Odafia, uh, Sean Peterson, Tracy Nyberg, Bo Kilbrew, um, Eliza Karazik, and uh, Bonnie Garmus as well as Elijah Allen Blitz. We have Carlos Rafael Riviera handling the music. Cinematography is Zach Gala and Jason Oldak split, with, you know, they both took four episodes apiece. It's edited by Matthew Barbato, uh, Gerard Bryson, Laura Zempel, Jack Cunningham, Daniel Martinson, and Lily Wilde. The casting was handled by John Papasidiria. Production design, Catherine Smith. Art direction is Laurie Wallach, Aurora Arena Garcia, and Glenn Hall. Set decoration, Laurie Musa. Costume designer, Miriam Gordon Cruiser. Um, and the writing of the series was split between Lee Eisenberg, Eliza Karizik, Victoria Batter, Bonnie Garmus, and Susanna Grant. With the episodes directed by Sarah Adina Smith, Bert and Bertie. 
So, uh, yes, there you go. Our cast as well. So, Brie Larson is Elizabeth Zott. Um, we have got Calvin Evans, played by Louise Pullman. Harriet Sloan, played by Adja Naomi King. We've got Wakeley, played by Patrick Walker. Dr. Robert Donati, played by Derek Cecil. Borowitz, played by Thomas Mann. Dr. Price, played by Andy Daly. Uh, James Jr. Sloan, played by Yazir Hassim Lanford. Anthony Powers, played by Joshua Hoover. Um, Madeline Evans Zott, played by Alice Halsey. Fran Frask, played by Stephanie Keo Keing, Keong. Uh, Louise is played by Debbie Pollock. Linda Sloan is played by. Ameti Sledge. Bertha Clifton is played by Laura Siegel. Laurel Moore is played by Siggy Ravet. Tom Clemens is played by Brandon Gibson. Shari played by Joy Jacobson. Junior Sloan is played by Hero Hunter. That's the 10-year-old version. Amanda Pine is played by Shushu Parcells. Frank Marston is played by Robert Allen Booth. Chairman of the Board is played by James Gleason. And yeah, we'll go with that. Right. Now, the um, gist of the story is set in the early 1950s. Lessons in Chemistry follows Elizabeth Zott, whose dream of being a scientist is put on hold in a patriarchal society. When Elizabeth finds herself fired from her lab, she accepts a job as a host on a TV cooking show and sets out to teach a nation of overlooked housewives and the men who are suddenly listening a lot more than recipes. So yes, so the first episodes to hit Apple is episode one, Little Miss Hastings, and episode two, Her and Him. So episode one is this. Elizabeth, a brilliant but frustrated lab technician in the 1950s, is punished after she's caught conducting her own research after hours. Episode two, in pursuit of a prestigious grant, Elizabeth and Calvin join forces in the lab their partnership yields unexpected results. So, yeah, there you go. Now, this is all based on the book of the same name from Bonnie Garmus that came out in 2022. So, you got, like, Apple must have got hold of the, the you know, the, the draft of the book right before the release. And so... Yeah, that always says a lot when someone takes a book that's not even published and starts developing it into a show or a film, right? I mean, we've seen it work, we've seen it fail. But I am, man, I'm an avid cook. 
right? I'm a pretty goddamn good cook. I'm not one of those fancy motherfuckers. My shit don't always look perfection, but goddamn, some tasty ass shit, people. Trust me. You know what I mean? Hey, how do you think I got the woman in my life to say yes? Because I cook up a storm and bake up a storm, people, in the goddamn kitchen. So a show about food can always pique my interest, right? Because watching these kind of things, you get ideas sometimes, right? Or you see a recipe that you might want to try. You know, now, in this, we do see Elizabeth make a lasagna. And that recipe is available. So um, if you go check the YouTube channel, you will find the video and the recipe. So yeah, people, uh, you know, there'll be a link in um this YouTube video. So you can go check out the other video. So there. Now this is, um, you know, this cast, it's a great cast. It's a great cast. And we start, we start off with her hosting this show, right? She's arriving, there's women outside, everyone's like clamoring to meet Zoo. And then, you know, she's walking in and, the, you know, the producers and everything are like, oh, we've got this, are you ready? Blah, blah, blah. No, she's a star. So she's there, she's doing her thing. And then we jump back in time. I think it's 10 years, it might have been 15. I think my memory is so bad, so goddamn bad. But we jump back in time to how all of this got started, right? How did it all get started? So she's a lab technician. And look, this is set in the 50s. So we know what that was, right? A lot of sexism a lot of racism, you know, pe like, peoples were marginalized, right, not looked at as being able to do what, you know, a white male could do, so, you know, she's, I mean, she's got a degree, right, she wanted to do a PhD, but that didn't go to plan, now, we do find out what actually happens about the PhD in episode two. I mean, you can probably imagine what might have scuppered those chances, but yeah. So she's qualified, but you know, it's, hey darling, hey sugar, now oh, make me a coffee. You know, do they, like not treated with the same respect. Now there's a lot of opposite office politics that we witness and it's that other kind of crazy thing of people like stitching each other up right you've got the secretaries who I think view her as being a bit up herself you know what I mean and thinking that she should be taking part in the pageant and all of this kind of stuff. So there is that kind of friction internally, which really sparks everything that happens. You know, we've got this superstar um, 
chemist, right? Um, who everyone, you know, adheres to because, right? Calvin Evans, he is, you know, getting all of these grants and recognition. So, the, you know, in the first episode, we see friction between them. But Calvin is a very mathematical. So he's not even looking at things as gender and race and all of that. He's looking at things of, well, I need this for my research, so why shouldn't I have it? So the story then develops from there, you know. His neighbor, Calvin's neighbor is Harriet Sloan, right, who is happens to be black, right? So we are then getting this racial element thrown into the episode and the story because of that and the things that are going on in Harriet's life. So it is interesting, you know, like it's filmed really well. You are engrossed in this story. You know, it feels like, right, it is 1950s America. So all of that is good. Now, I will say you can see where the story is going, right? I think there's you're not really going to be shocked at where it then gets to in episode two, right? I think that's pretty clear. Now, there is this whole thing about a motorway, right? But I think the in, an interesting thing is that the consequences of something aren't ever really followed up upon, which, I mean, you might say it says a lot about race, right, and that disregard, but I don't know, right, it is hard to say, it's hard to say, but it, yeah, that was a bit, I thought that was a little bit odd, now, we get a conversation about, but that's it. That's as far as it goes. You know, there's a lot of veiled threats and maneuvering and all of that. But it's interesting. We, we do jump in between the two timelines, right? So we see more of this lasagna cooking, you know, show. Now, it's a cooking show, but in, in the episode that we are seeing over the course of the first few episodes, she's making lasagna. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that component of this goes, right? What other things we might see Elizabeth cook, right? I'm definitely fascinated by that. But... Episode two does end in a crazy way. It does end in a crazy way. Now, it is precursored by something we see in the first episode. And, you know, I'm not just saying this, people, but literally a minute before the end of the episode, I called what was going to happen. Right? I think you, I think you will, not, if you've been paying attention, 
right? And you just know storytelling. You know exactly where where it's going to go, right? Now, that doesn't necessarily make it bad, right? Because I think a lot of times we predict things in films and TV and books, right? In anything. But it is how do we get there? And, you know, how does that then lead on to the next component, right? That's the big question here. So I will say episode one and two are very solid, right? Very solid. They bring the story forward, right? There are some definitely interesting elements and components. We, as I said, we do know where exactly this is going so far, right? We know where it's going. And I mean, we know that, you know, after everything, she gets this cooking gig. So I think what will be compelling is, okay, so then how do we move forward from episode two? That's going to be the big thing. That's going to be the thing. So it is eight episodes, right? It is eight episodes. And, um, yeah, we will be able to, um, you know, See what happens, right? See how all of this unfolds and where Elizabeth and Calvin go from here, you know? So I believe all of this will be done in, uh, you know, towards the end of November. So what we're going to do is, right? We will look at these episodes, you know, we will, um, yeah, we've talked about episode one and two. So before episode eight drops, right, before that drops, we will come back and, um, yeah, talk about where we go from there, you know what I mean, we will, we will give you our thoughts, right, an overview of um, those final six episodes, yeah, so hopefully people, you will, um, yeah, you will like what we have to say, appreciate it all, you know what I mean, um, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested and intrigued to see how this develops, to see, you know, where exactly does it go, right? How do we get to the cooking show? And then what happens, right? So this will, episode eight comes out on the 24th of November. So I will endeavor to get the overview out on the 23rd. There won't be any spoilers, so don't worry about that, right? But, yeah, lessons in chemistry. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued, people. So if you have read the book and watched these episodes, definitely let me know how you feel it holds up. And, um, yeah. If you haven't read the book, just let me know what you think of those two episodes, you know, 
I feel if you like the Queen's Gambit and Mad Men, you will like this. So, yeah, it's on Apple TV and new episodes will be dropping every Friday after the 13th. Yo, so that's it, people. We are done, right? Now, you might agree with me, you might disagree with me when it comes to the new stuff, but let me know. Let me know your thoughts, right? What do you think about, you know, the Australia situation? You know what I mean? What do you think about, right, um, Dick Wolf and his nonsense, right? Do you think Instagram should be uh, sued? Or should people be looking more at education? Hmm. And would you want your Tinder profile sent to people not on the app? Right? And did you watch Still Up? What did you think of the show? Right? Have you checked out Lessons in Chemistry? Have you, are you enjoying it? Right? Let us know your thoughts, people. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Now, remember, go check out Echo Chamber. Check out the London Film Festival coverage. And we will see you next time on Echoes from the Void. Mm -hmm.